Hey guys, thank you so much for downloading and listening to this episode of On The Beat. Have you rated or reviewed us yet? If not, why? The best way for us to grow is by sharing us with your friends and rating and reviewing us wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify has a new rating feature right on our podcast front page. It is super easy, and the more five-star ratings and reviews we get, the better it is for us to grow. If you screenshot and DM us your review, we'll share the most flattering ones on an upcoming episode. Thank you so much for listening, and your support is marvelous and appreciated. Well, hello there. Welcome to On The Beat, the podcast that uncovers full frontal male nudity in cinema. My name is Laura, and I am here with my fantastic, always, forever co-host, Ryan. Yes. I'm glad that every time we start a new episode, I don't feel like we've done an episode in a while. But Perhaps. every time, yeah, every time you kind of come up with a new and inventive way to basically say that I am just your co-host and nothing just? else. What yeah. else do you want me to say? Well, we're I all... mean, for the purposes of the podcast, you are the co-host. Yes, most of the I'm the co-host. I'm and I'm the the joke bearer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, pretty much, this wouldn't exist without you. <laughs> That's always nice to know. It's always Editor, nice to know. I have some. Yeah, I have some creator. kind of like. Yeah, some purpose in life. Jokeman. The Joker. The Jokeyman. I was going to try to tie that in somehow to the movie that we're going to talk about today, but I don't have anything to uh, wrap that into. I just wonder if you're ready to talk about the 1992 sci-fi action movie Fortress. Fuck yes. Oh my god. I'm very happy that we're talking about Fortress. I'm so stoked. Um, This movie was directed by Stuart Gordon. This which... is easily like one of the best movies we're going to cover on Shut this podcast. Up. Yeah, this is going to be one of the best ones. It is really good. Like easily. I'm not even going to lie. Yeah. Like this is pretty good. Yeah, this is going to be better than In the Cut. I <laughs> and Power and Power of the Dog. It's going to be better than oh both God, of those well. movies. Um well, before you jump into Stuart Gordon, this movie stars Christopher Lambert. Lambert. Listen, he's a Frenchman. He's French. Yeah, but look, I feel like you're appropriating him slightly because it's like camembert. You're saying Lambert. Just because you're learning French, that doesn't mean you have to appropriate this poor man. It's fucking Lambert. We, uh, but his name is Christophe Guy Denis Lambert. Like, that is his name. That's his actual name. That's fine. His stage name is Christopher Lambert. That's lame. No, it's not. He played Raiden. He played Raiden in the Anderson Mortal Kombat movie. And he was also he was also of the McLeods in in Highlander. Well, yeah, no shit. There can be only one, you know. Uh, Also starring Lori Loughlin, Kurtwood Smith, you guys. Kurtwood Smith. Who's Kurtwood Smith? Am I? Oh, can yeah. you fly, Bobby? That one. Yeah. Yeah, the Robocop, Robocop. guy. Yeah, Robocop guy. That 70s show. <laughs> For those of you who haven't seen... Oh, of course you've seen Robocop. What am I talking about? Yeah, Clifton Collins Jr. and Jeffrey Combs. Buy that for a dollar. Oh, Jeffrey oh Combs. My God, I can't believe you said that before Jeffrey me. I'm so mad right Combs. now. Jeffrey Combs. 
Uh, Tell me about Stuart Gordon. This is so crazy because I never, I never thought we would talk about Stuart Gordon because we've seen a ton of his movies and there's some that come close that I know that you're going to talk about, but yeah, I don't know. This is the first one I saw this. I mean, this is a complete accident, this film, in terms of how we're doing it. Would you, oh, what do you mean? Because I had it on my watch list on Letterboxd and I was in, I was working in Miami. Yeah. And I was just kind of going through my watch list, just random shit to watch. Uh-huh. Put this on. Bada boom, there's penises in it. Right in the beginning of the movie. Right. I think like what I mean is is that if you've if you're familiar at all with any of Stuart Gordon's stuff and the sort of context in, in which his like his films have, have come to be, like there's a lot of female nudity and stuff in his movies. Yeah. So it seems kind of it would it would seem kind of serendipitous that there would be the odd dick. Kind right, of like but they're banging I, around. But we've seen a bunch of his movies, and I'm trying to become a Jeffrey Combs completionist here. And yeah. I've never seen a penis. Like I've, you know, we've seen Castle Freak. You're gonna bring that up. Yeah, no, I'm gonna talk about Stuart Gordon just now. So basically, yeah. I got into Stuart Gordon quite late. I saw Reanimator decades ago, but I didn't. Let's see, I didn't put two and two together when it kind of came to, to looking at Stuart Gordon stuff. I think in the last kind of couple of years, yeah, maybe pandemic times. For sure. I started kind of going through the Stuart Gordon uh, filmography. Yeah, um, and he I only, think we both did. He, well, yeah, he only passed away in 2020. Oh. Massive organ failure. Oh my God. Yeah. And the thing is, I usually like Google and I kind of have a little look to see where the director is and stuff like that. But basically one of the questions that Google presented to me, because they give you a list of questions, right? That usually are the common questions that people ask. That's why they have that YouTube thing where they ask celebrities like that Google, that Google oh, headline thing. Oh, like where thing. you start typing something in and yeah. then it, it auto-populates the rest of your question. So pretty much the first question that came up was, how did Stuart Gordon died? Oh, how does Stuart Gordon died? Yeah, or how uh, did Stuart Gordon died? Oh, yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Yeah, do better, Google. Anyway, um, so yeah, Stuart Gordon, film director, theater director, I'm going to ring off a couple of things I quite like about it. One of the notable things I think Stuart Gordon has done, other than his own body of work, is he co-wrote Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, my God. Yes. And he I also, didn't know that. Well, he also produced Honey, I Blew Up the Kids. Well, they both have Rick Moranis in it. Y- yes. Yes, they That's do. That's the only thing I care about right now is Rick Moranis. Oh, okay. In terms of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. and Oh, I thought you meant just in the totality in my life. of your life. Yeah, yeah, that's all I care yeah, about Rick I'm also... I do love Rick Moranis. Right, okay. So, well, I haven't I haven't seen Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Well, it's on Disney+. Wait, Plus. what? No, I haven't seen it in a long time. Oh my God, I was going to crap. Yes, it's got the, <gasps> they ride a big ant in that movie. I remember. Yeah, they do. Yeah. No, that's I, an amazing movie. It's on Disney+. Plus. It's on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, well, it was we canceled that. Well, yeah, who, who, who would keep Disney Plus? Um, unless you're a fucking Marvel fanboy. Uh, oh shush! There's or if some you good love stuff any of that fucking Disney bullshit. Blank check. Nope. I've been anyway. waiting to talk about blank check, but go on. Yeah, let's talk about something good. So, Stuart Gordon, film director, <laughs> theater director. He's best known, and I've only picked out four films here. He's obviously made more than this. Um, but Rianne Mayer in 1985. From Beyond in 1986, Robot Jocks in 1990, 
And then this is after Fortress, but he did do a movie, Castle Freak, which we also pointed out in 1995. Ah, Castle Freak. Now, there is one thing that I can say. I don't know if Jeffrey Combs is in Robot Jocks. I can't remember. I watched it, only watched it last year. It's basically just fighting robots. You watched it last year and you watched it without me. Yeah, because it was... Well, it was on. It was on. It was on. I'm allowed to watch things on my own. And uh, let's just fight robots. Well, you know how much I love robots that fight each other. Like fucking robot wars. It's the fucking bitches tits. Anyway, (laughs) talking about bitches tits is a scene in Castle Freak, which is uh, (laughs) knowable. But I won't spoil it for you. Um, But yeah, like he's he's a practitioner of horror. uh, And that's what I would probably signify him most commonly with being as he's a horror filmmaker. And mostly a kind of body horror filmmaker. Yeah. Because um, certainly from beyond, I mean, apart from Pit and the Pendulum, he has updated. Because uh, I think from beyond and Reanimator are both H.P. Lovecraft stories. Okay. And yeah, he is a re- he is a collaborator with Jeffrey Combs, who I would cite as the greatest senior of all time. Wait, what? The greatest what? Scene Eater. Scene Eater? Yes. Scene Eater. Oh, I shouldn't do Michael Jackson. Sorry. No, because you'll get us... My apologies. You'll get us claimed. I'm so sorry. He is in Robot Jocks. Yes. He is in Robot Jocks. He is in Robot Jocks. Right, okay. He's also like... This isn't a Stuart Gordon movie, but he was also in a film that I watched. What was it called? It was like a Seven ripoff. He plays like one of the other detectives in that. Oh, was that? Oh my God. We watched that together. I think so, yeah. But yeah, he's also another collaborator with uh, Brian Yuzna. Brian Yuzna produced Reanimator and a couple of other uh, Stuart Gardens movies. Fear.com. Um, yeah, it was one of those. Fear.com. Yeah. That was the movie. Right. Sorry. And, uh, yeah, no, Brian Yuzna directed the, the sequel to Reanimator, which was... Bride of Reanimator. Very good. And another original movie called Society, which is uh, fabulous. I've been waiting to watch Society. We've owned it for Yeah, we've got it on Blu-ray. Many years. I've been waiting to watch it again. Maybe we'll watch but, it. Uh, yeah, no, I'm Speaking. very I'm very happy to... Like, Stuart Gordon's turned into one of my favorite film directors, and I've only started watching a lot of his filmography within the last couple of years. I really like that he's the type of director that makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And I appreciate that because there's not a lot of directors or or films in general that have me watching something where I just feel physically ill or just Mm. uncomfortable sometimes. I'm talking about From Beyond specifically. Yeah, that film never stops being engaging though. From Beyond is a five-star film and it's very wet and glossy and disgusting Mm -hmm. and I really like it. Yeah, it's really cool. Very, very good. Yeah, all that kind of Aldrich... Um, like Lovecrafty and stuff. I absolutely love, absolutely love that shit. Yeah, like they. There's some weird stuff in From Beyond as well, like all the sex stuff. Oh, I love that. Because like that's a very kind of that's the crux of the story. Much so leather. They're tapping into their their, their their the the sexual potentials of their brain. I think I just like H.P. Lovecraft stuff. Wasn't Color Out of Space? Yeah. H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. Let's put it this way. Stuart Gordon's career is relatively illustrious. Oh my god, how did we forget it? Is it? It's Richard Stanley. Yeah, Richard Stanley. Because he was like, yeah, he was linked to the island of Dr. Moreau before it got taken over. And then also he made that movie. um, Made that movie with the robot hardware. 
So, oh, yeah. Yeah, that movie's fucking good as well. Everyone should go see Hardware. And just buy Color Out of Space because it's got Nicolas Cage in it. Yeah, we got it for like three bucks. Hell yeah. Yeah. Fortress. 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 So let me give you the synopsis, which is pulled from Letterboxd. It's very strange. Okay. Let me put on my my synopsis voice. Okay. In the future, the inmates of a private underground prison are computer-controlled with cameras, dream readers, and devices that can cause pain or death. John, Christopher Lambert, and his illegally pregnant wife, Karen, Lauren Lachlan, are locked inside the fortress, but are determined to escape before the birth of their baby. Okay, okay. Fair. Very fair. Um, it's a prison movie. It's a future prison movie. When I was describing this movie to you, I go, it's a space prison. Yeah, no, they're not I in said, space. I'm like, yeah. it's Christopher Lambert, space mm-hmm. prison. Lambert. It's Christopher Lambert in space in a prison, which is not what it is. Which is not. It's an underground desert prison. Um, yes. Which is fine. That's okay. It's not as interesting as space. Is that what you're trying to say? Well, here's the thing. If it's in space, what's the point of escape? Like you're, That's very true. In space, fucked. yeah, in space, no one can hear you scream. Or so that tagline to that movie that one time uh, once but said. But in space, does crime pay? Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's maybe an overused line. I do quite like it in the context of the movie, though, because this movie does play a lot into the strengths of it being very, very silly. Um, would you think that would be a better tagline? Like, that would be a good tagline for the film, right? Crime does not pay. Oh, you're going to tell me the tagline? Because that's not be the-, the tagline. What? They're missing a fucking beat there. The tagline makes no sense. Okay, you Perfect. ready? Right, okay. I'm about to be disappointed. Welcome to the future, where punishment is the ultimate crime. What? Exactly. That doesn't make any sense. You're correct. It does not make sense. We're going to do a rundown. Let's say we get to episode 50. We're going to do a rundown just specifically on taglines and how to make them better. Why wasn't it crime does not pay? Well, because because when movies it's are made, better. the marketing department is completely separate from the creative ensemble that that makes the movie. That's what I'm assuming happens. Okay. And Stuart Gordon might have come in and been like, I like that poster. And then that's it. He just kind of walked out. Right. Because that's the only reason I know that is I watched a few documentaries with uh, Ridley Scott and he's kinda, he gets himself right in there. Gets his fingers in all the pies. And he's like, I like that poster. I think it was for Gladiator or something. And that poster for Gladiator is nothing special. But uh, Yeah. and No, it's not. No. I don't trust Ridley Scott anymore. Well, no. We get to talk about something we like. So, which is fortress? Yeah, well, the film starts, and we're we're basically plunged into thick dystopia, and I fucking love a bit of dystopia. It's so good. Yeah. So in this world that we are thrust into, the people in America are only allowed to have one baby per woman, right? Right. Is that abundantly clear at the beginning of the movie, though? 
I don't know. Because mm. that's the thing. Like As we were watching it, that didn't become clear until about 20 or 30 minutes in. I watched the beginning twice because, like I was saying before, I, I started it when I was away. And I watched it without you until all the penises showed up. And then I knew I had to stop it. Yeah. That is the that is the makeup of our lives now. It's like if we start a movie and a dick shows up, we have to stop the film almost entirely yeah, I can't watch and then watch it. it watch it together. And and unless luckily this film it happened early on, and so there was another yes. movie that we we're gonna have to do in the future that was also amazing. That if it happens later in the film, there's nothing I can do. I'm like, oh, I'm like an hour twenty minutes in. Yeah. Boom boom penis. I just gotta. Well, it means you film. have to. It means you have to watch it again. I will have to watch some but, films again. Uh, yeah. yeah. No. I guess like. Well, there's more to talk about in this film than just the dicks, though, because this film is fucking. Oh yeah. Madness. Like I love this movie. Okay, bits. so you don't like my beginning of the film. You don't like me. Okay, my description. What do you mean? Well, no. I was I think... like, I was just saying, in the world. Yeah, no. You're only allowed. But I don't know if that's in, like it's explicitly explained. At least it's it's at known the beginning within of the, movie. the first five minutes of the. Well, film. you do you find out, or at least I felt I found out later. So whether or not I'm paying attention by that. No, you're point, not, because right, within okay. the first five minutes they drive up to border patrol because they're going from America to Canada. Oh, they're going over the Canadian border, they right? Are. Okay. And she's got a flak jacket on because she's got a boom boom baby in her belly, and. Oh, right. They are scanning them for pregnancy. And yeah, this, this would have this would have cleared a lot of my... Oh, my God, really? Yeah. Yeah, that's what was happening. I thought, and I they thought go, like, they were aliens. Oh, yeah, because I did say space prison, so yeah, you were probably expecting space I was, like, I was thinking it was thing. alien stuff. Um, okay, no. that does make more sense. No, so then they're trying to protect her belly from getting shown on whatever scanner that they have and then she gets scanned and she's clear to go yeah because he's wearing and then a flat while jacket they're trying to go through border control or border patrol someone else goes through and who is pregnant and then it goes yeah. woo, 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 and then they get and they they get caught they drag her off to the fortress they do and one yeah. of the border patrol guys goes oh you fucking breeders and he's like oh sorry for being so crass or yeah those goddamn breeders right yeah so then you go okay you're not allowed to have babies apparently yeah and um it's a real it's a real shame like <laughs> the premise of this movie and yes. how it reflects our present day life in 2022 Oh, it's awful. It is. And it doesn't come up until later worst. in the film, but it was said by Kurtwood Smith, I think it, at some point a little bit later, where he says that you're not allowed to have one more than one baby per woman and abortions are illegal. Yeah. America. Yeah. So you get arrested and put into the fortress prison. Mm -hmm. And you have... You have your baby effectively in a controlled environment so they can take the baby away from you. Yeah. And effectively do experiments on it to become what they are developing as like the master race, like the next yeah. evolution. They're creating of, of human like a beings. new race of humans that are like robots filled with blue goo. Pretty much, yeah. They're turning them into androids. It's wild. Yeah. And it does not makes sense for most of the film. You have no idea what's happening. No, so no. we're pretty much just telling you, 
right off the bat what happened sorry yeah it's a big kind of reveal i guess but like if you've not seen if you've not seen fortress because according to crackle because we started watching the movie on crackle that is true that is our first film we've ever tried to watch on crackle yeah and it's probably the last because we were we were watching it on crackle on crackle it said it was it was made in 93 it actually came out in 92 and obviously mm-hmm. if you use crackle i don't know does crackle have like a subscription service it might but it's free so you go oh lovely i can watch a movie legally yeah. for free and it's you watch free with ads, ads. and the, the ads, ads are like every 15 minutes maybe holy mother of christ it's or like every minutes? five yeah it's crazy so you have an hour and a half long movie with like three minutes worth of ads yeah. every 10 or 15 minutes yeah which bless their hearts they're doing their best but i'm like yikes and, yeah, and you, when the bad. movie started it was in four three yeah, no, it was in boxed. Yeah, it looked like it was a, a VHS transfer. Yeah, it was yeah. It was a terrible quality. Really bad. Really, really bad. But then, Ryan, you found it on YouTube for free. Yes. So, pretty much because, like, we're recording this. We're recording this quite late into the evening because we were just like, fuck it. Let's record something. We made so a delicious stir fry. We made a delicious stir fry. We've had some wine. We did have some and wine. And we're very happy right now what a great time yes we've had a rough few weeks so <laughs> so when, thank god for fortress yes so we watched we were watching it on crackle but i was like i'm not dealing with these fucking adverts for the most part it was a d- diabetes medication yeah and i don't know what medication commercials are like in the u.s until i watched these commercials and we watched the same commercial two times through because we had to watch four commercials once in a row yes so we had to watch the same commercial twice once after the other, and for whatever reason, they they list all of the terms and the the conditions and all the side effects and stuff within the commercial. And the commercial itself ends up being like about a minute and a half. And let's put it this way, if we spoke as fast as the guy who was doing that commercial, this podcast episode would probably last about five minutes. You've seen those, you know, like uh, from the trip... Yeah, and uh, Rob Brydon is talking about how he would do commercials and he would do the terms and conditions and he would do really fast, whatever. I can't yeah. do it. Well, that's a radio thing. Yeah, but that's also... It's not really a TV thing. Because on TV... No, it is. They well, do in it. D- in TV, you get around it because you put... And you talk You really, put the stuff in really small writing at the bottom. You speak really fast about how if you take this medication, you're going to have diarrhea, suicidal thoughts, and it'll you'll bleed from your eyes. So you have to say it really fast. Yeah. So also, that, also, so this is medication that only works with type 1 di- diabetes, not type 2. So, you have to make sure you have the right medication. If you're interested and you it's have like diabetes... It's like shots and scenes just... of them in a fucking solar farm and all this other bullshit. It's like, what the fuck is this? Bless your hearts, anyone who has yeah. diabetes. Just watch Crackle and there's adverts for... It's like those fucking Viagra adverts where it's just like a man on a horse. You know oh. what I mean? Yeah. Just like, you can be a man one day. It's like, Aww. get your manhood back. It's like, raid a stallion. We're wow. kind of we're kind of getting off point. Okay, though. so the <laughs> okay. so she's she's, she's preggers. Pregnant. Yeah, she's preggers. And uh, because of this, um, unfortunately, the reason that they are getting arrested, which they point out pretty earlyish on, is that unfortunately their their firstborn passed away. Fuck. Which is the most awful thing you can imagine. And so, of course, they would be hiding the fact that they would want to have another baby. Someone someone really atrociously said to them, like, oh, one wasn't enough for you. And Lambert is like, yeah, my first baby passed away. Like Lambert. I'm going to keep saying Lambert. Yeah, right. Well, I don't think it's true. But anyway. And I'll say Jeffrey Combs and you can say Jeffrey Coombs. Okay, plays a character called D-Day. 
<laughs> no, that's Clifton Collins Jr. No, that's that's him. He calls himself D-Day. Who? Wait, which one? Uh, Jeffrey Combs. That's who he plays in the movie. Guy called D-Day. I thought D-Day was Clifton Collins Jr. No, what you talking about? Jeez. Well, You're misreading all sorts of shit. It was in the credits. Anyway, carry on. We're talking about therefore they want they have they're trying to have another death. baby even though they're not allowed and chaos ensues and they get put in prison. So even if the baby's dead, they can't have another baby because they're just replacing the and one no, that left. And he never explained that to any authority figure whatsoever. And I wish he would have. He only told it to his prison friends. Okay. Just tell an authority figure like, oh, this happened. Well, it's because he'd probably still be put in prison. Well, it's because the computer Zed knew. She knew. She knew everything. There is an overlord computer yes. system uh-huh. who looks in your dreams. I'm assuming Zed is, uh, yeah, is a... Is Zed-10. A, the Zed-10, I'm assuming it's a, uh, what do you call that, an abbreviation of some kind. But they never said Zed. that was. I don't know. It was spelled out on the thing. Either way. Either D-E-D. way. There's a, there's a female computer and she's horrible. Yeah, um, she watches your dreams, and you're not allowed to have sexy dreams, which is hilarious. Do you remember when very first night? So, well, no, hold on, you're glossing over like a big. Part oh my god, of it, I haven't it? even talked about the dick scene. Yeah, because we're you're glossing over that whole bit. I'm just, like so excited about the rest of the movie that I'm. Well, the forgetting. rest of the movie is fucking ridiculous. Okay. Yeah. Dick scene. Okay. I feel like I have a lot of stuff before that even happened. Like, there's a titular line that happens in the beginning, which happens a million times. So, if anyone ever wanted to play... Well, no, they get they get caught. So, they get caught, <laughs> and they start running across the bridge, right? And the fucking dog's set on him. There's dog violence, true. and he that dog fucks him up. But there's titular lines throughout this movie, which I was about to point out, that if you ever wanted to play the titular line game, don't do it for this movie. Yeah. You'll die. Because they say fortress a million times. Oh, or unless 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 you have a goal, I would. But uh, oh my god, let's put it this way: so they all they get arrested, right? And then it's just a bunch of male prisoners in a train, yes, uh, being transported to the desert for the underground prison, right? Uh, obviously called as the soon as fortress. They, as soon as they arrive, um, and announcement comes over the intercom that says strip down zed tells them over the radio strip down Strip down yeah so all of these men have to take off their clothes and walk through the hallways of the fortress pretty much to get yeah to get scanned remove all jewelry remove everything from themselves and obviously no uh, rings no, no rings nothing anything so all their clothing is taken off of them. This is very kind of, uh, I guess, like, yeah, I'd say holocausty. Well, it's prisony, yeah. you know, because you it's have to. I mean, didn't the same thing happen in like Guardians of the Galaxy? Maybe, but no one saw they Chris Pratt's down. prick in that movie, did they? No, they didn't see raccoon fucking Rocket Raccoon's fucking fucking oh team, did they? Oh my god. <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, no, they basically strip off naked and as they're kind of being carted off the, carted off the train, so to speak. Yeah. Um, that's where we get, get an eyeful of all these prisoners. Yeah. There's like five or six, at least men walking through. I mean, everyone's naked. Mm -hmm. You don't see a Lambert penis. 
No. You don't see. I don't even think you see a Clifton Collins penis. No, probably not. Um, but it's funny because out of all the films that we've done and all the films that I've seen that have full frontal, this is the first movie I've seen that has penises reflected in sunglasses. Huh. Do you okay. remember the co- there was like a cop and he had those aviator mirrored yeah. aviators, and then you can see all of the people walking by. Well, it's the shot. It's the shot that's uh, that was replicated from Cool Hand Luke. Oh right, that movie. Yeah. So you see the reflectors. Well, there's no yeah. penises in that, so I'm not interested. No, no, there isn't. But I mean, that movie's pretty good. But uh, oh, and that. How many scene... eggs can you eat? Oh, not that many. Yeah. Um, that scene comes in at nine minutes, 25 seconds into the film. So you can imagine yeah. me sitting in my hotel trying to watch a cool flick yeah. and then going, oh shit. And I had to, you know, I think it was on the phone with you actually. It's all relatively quite nondescript though. I mean, it all kind of just like no. it's within the context of it. Oh my God. No. If this didn't have wieners in it, I guess it would be okay. Yeah. But I think, like, kudos, like, kudos to you, Stuart Gordon, for, like, putting wieners in this movie because it doesn't, it's not, like, shocking in any way. It's no, just, all like, that yeah, stuff's still to these, come, yeah. All of these people have to, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, all that shit still happens, yeah. Like, they all have to strip naked because that's, you know, you're in prison and they have to make sure you don't have any weapons or jewelry and, you know, everyone's got barcodes on their on their arms. Oh, yeah, holocaust I guess. There you go. Yeah. barcodes on their arms and then the barcodes are on like the back of their prison uniforms and yeah everyone's a number yeah but yeah i mean it makes sense because they are naked to just be like oh yeah here's some penises yeah nothing close up but there's no, a lot of them no there is quite a lot but i mean like as they're being funneled down this metal corridor obviously the the foreman or i mean who would you call who's the pri- well, it'd be yeah the prison foreman is over on the TVs kind of telling them what their place is in life and all this other sort of bullshit. But then they all get put in these, uh, not so much stirrups, but like those, these head, uh, oh like these, these headlock things. And they, basically... They like put their heads like through a hole in the wall. Yeah. And it like captures their necks. And then like... They're forced I, to swallow a bomb. They're both, <laughs> yeah, they have to like put... Oh, man. It's very It's good. like a big silver cylinder... We can call it phallic if you want. That shit goes right down their throats. Yeah, they deep throat this this mechanical they, mechanism. They do. And then and they have to swallow a little magnetic bomb. Well, the thing is, like, they, it, the bomb has to go, it has to reach their intestines. Because as the film progresses, the word they use to activate the bombs that cause them quite a measure of discomfort is called intestinization. Yeah, so that's yeah. why. But did you not realize that? I didn't know what that word flashing on the screen yeah, was. Yeah, intestinization. Okay. Intestinize. Five seconds, that sort of thing. Oh, right. Okay. And then they kind of, they mark out, like, different areas. So if you cross over a yellow line, you'll get discomfort. If you cross into a red line, the fucking bomb goes off in your stomach. And it, yeah, it's in your belly. And that yeah. thing is crazy. Like, you can't. It almost felt like the first time you saw someone with the intestinization bomb blowing up in their stomach, you're like, it seems a bit extreme. Well, here's the thing. 
it's the control mechanism that they use in this particular prison movie, as opposed to like the magnetic boots in Face Off, for example, which is obviously a lot tamer than having a small bomb go off in your stomach. I mean, this is like Suicide Squad-esque, but in your belly and not in the back of your head. Yeah, it's kind of like Battle Royale, except, you know, this isn't the first time, obviously, there's been some level of explosive implanted into into someone to keep control of them. Yeah. Escape from New York, anybody? <laughs> oh, right. You know, that's certainly the one I would picture. But, like... Out of like the 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 pantheon of prison, like or 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 as we would say, future prison movies. Mm-hmm. You know, we have. I mean, is this film better than Escape Plan? Yes. Or Escape Plan Two? Yes. The Batista edition. And I gotta tell you, you know, I love my Arnold. Yeah. And I love Stallone. Uh huh. But goddamn, that movie's boring. That is not their best outing. It was like it 2013 is... or something. I think that movie came out. So Escape boring. Plan. Like you can, I'll go to the theater for any type of Stallone, mm-hmm. any type of Arnold, no matter how it disappoints me sometimes. Yeah. But that movie is not good. Is it better than The Condemned? That Stone Cold movie that we bought a million years ago and never yeah. watched? Uh, I bit, don't know. We don't know yet because we haven't seen it. And another one came. Obviously, I spoke about Face Off. I don't think I don't think this film's as good as Face Off, but. I don't know if it's as good as Ricky O or the story of Ricky, which also takes place in a prison. I haven't seen them yet. Well, we can watch we can watch the story of Ricky Ricky O at some point. I've got it on Blu-ray. Okay. Um it's fucked up. I but, don't know. Fortress uh, is pretty good. So the reason I bring those other movies up though is that this obviously falls into a lot of the trappings of those those movies. There is always there's 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 a there's always this uh, the story is always progressing to the point where the characters need to escape. That's yeah. pretty much all it is. That's all you get from a prison drama. It's pretty much we need to get out. Is before. this better than Shawshank Redemption? Um, <laughs> I mean, it's more entertaining. Oh my! Than God. the Shawshank Redemption. It's a lot funnier. I gotta tell Shawshank you, if Redemption. you ever say to me like, "Hey, Laura, I'd like to watch a prison movie today," would you want to watch <laughs> Shawshank, <laughs> or would you like to watch Fortress? Well, what would you rather watch? Fortress. Okay, I think Shawshank has its place. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they put they put Shawshank up there with like Citizen Kane and like how good that film is. And it's it's a very good film, but I, I feel know. like I feel I'm like I'm not like in love. I'm not, I don't have like a boner for Shawshank like well, look, a lot of people put, do. Yeah, well, I mean, Darabont's only made like three good films. You know, that's one of them. Wait, did is it also Twister? Frank Darabont. Wait, oh no, no. Wait, who did Twister? Um, Jean John, who did Twister? Jean de Bont. Yeah, who did you say? I who, said Frank. Darabont. Nah, fair. I was close. Okay. Two completely different directors. Yeah, but Bont. De Bont. Yeah, Jan, Jan de Bont. Yeah. Yeah, Danish cinematographer by trade. Darabont. He also did That sounded speed. similar to me. Right, okay. Well, if he had done Twister. I'm about to, I was dropping some fucking knowledge on you. My apologies. You know, he also made fucking Speed. Wait, Pop which quiz. one made Speed? 
Pop Quiz, Hot Shot. Which one's Speed? What are you talking about? No, which one made Speed? Jan de Bont. Hell yeah. Yeah, see? And he also did Twister. Five star films. Right, there you go. Right, fine. So, but we were talking about Shawshank, which was Yeah, we were talking person. about Frank Darabont, because he did The Green Mile as well. And he also prison. did. Yeah, that was also in prison. Stephen King stuff. Stephen King loves prisons. But also he did uh, he did The Mist. Well, that's oh it. my god, I love The Mist. Yeah, I mean, Frank Darabont loves Stephen King. So, but that's how Frank Darabont got his start because Stephen King optioned his uh, some of his books, his short stories, for nothing, so that people could uh, make them into films. And that's how Frank Darabont got his start, is he adapted one of his short stories. Oh. And obviously, Shawshank is a short novella. It's a it's a short story. It was a Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption became one of the best films ever made. Anyway. <laughs> Pretty much, we're talking about prison movies. They all kind of fall into the same trappings. And when you get into like these situations where it's just a bunch of men in prison... Oh, dear. Well, well, that's the thing. It's kind of like, that's when men start talking about your ass or how are you going to pay the rent? That sort of thing. Do they have... What is the name for... What is the name for a man that's like the sexy man in prison? Ooh... Well, it's like it, is this going to be offensive? I'm not trying to be offensive or anything. I don't know. Well, there's like there's the fresh fish. I know that. But there's like a man who likes to find the men to have sex with in prison. I don't know. Does he call them pudding? Like I don't really know. Okay. Well, it, we can call them pudding. And so, if there was a pudding in the movie, it would be Clifton Collins Jr., who is the hot <laughs> piece of pudding. In there's, this movie. There's an uncomfortable amount of shots in the movie where it's just oh. these grown men and like they're tattooed and they're chiseled and stuff. Like they look like they look like prisoners. Um they just <laughs> giving them like a sideways glance of They're just giving them like, like wink wink and eyebrow lifts yeah. and they keep looking at Clifton Collins pudding, like, like they just, ready to get in there. Yeah, they they slap so Punching those cheeks like it's fucking like right when he walks rough. in the door, they're like, "Hey, yeah," Putin. like they're ready, and he's, he's like, "Far I'll... too good looking." Yeah, that's the problem. He's, he's far a... too fresh faced. Yeah, he's yeah, fresh fish. Yeah, it's fucking. It's so bad. <laughs> I've never like. There's a part a little bit later where Sweet Clifton Collins Jr. is just trying to work. They've all got pickaxes. They're they're widening out the prison. Oh God, yeah, and then. This dude is literally trying to rape him. Prisoner 187. 187. Well, it's- here's the thing. Like, when it starts and you see it, it's like he's he's got him, like, slightly undressed. Yeah. And they're working. <laughs> Everyone is, like, at It's like, imagine everyone's at work and everyone's just trying to do their job. And then this random dude's got this guy half undressed and he's screaming. <laughs> You're like, Gary, calm down. Like, <laughs> it's like Prisoner 187. Oh, oh my God. Christ. He's screaming and they're like, oh, leave him alone. Like, <laughs> let him get to it. It's like, no. <laughs> Lynn Bear is, comes up and punches the shit out of like Prisoner 187 and is trying to rape thing, sweet Clifton Collins. Yeah, because the thing is, like, it should, this isn't, isn't funny. Like, it's not meant to be funny. Maybe. It's the way in which you see it and you're just like, oh, Jesus, he's fucking undressing I'm him. I'm screaming. I'm like, is he trying to rape this man? Like, they're, 100%. they're at work right now. This is yeah, a professional already, environment. Well, look, I mean, to be fair, 
Rape isn't okay matter. in any environment. I just want to make that very clear. Yes, no, that's very true. But yeah, no, it is it, like I mean, they're alluding to it quite early on to the point where it's uh, yeah, it's a bit rapey. Like one after the other, like people are, and this is a different man, by the way, yeah. that was into him in the beginning. This is like five minutes later, and it's a different man who's into the pudding. Yeah, that was the roommate. They're obviously like they're quite like they're stuffing. They're just stuffing people into these cells pretty much because they're yeah, you got like six roommates or seven yeah. roommates in one area and they're trying to dig further into the into the prison so they can create more floors so that obviously they can get more prisoners in and stuff like that yeah but uh yeah the the reason we know it's prisoner 187 is he's tattooed that number on his forehead yes he does easily one of the one of the most ridiculous things i've ever seen in my life but uh yeah but no it's all right christopher lambert dispatches him and and fights him on this uh, like that bridge scene and stuff like that, and it's like oh, it's really good, it's really fun. It is really good. Yeah, but it's okay because they're like they're like kill the prisoner, and he doesn't do it, and he his his fucking stomach implodes. Yeah, they they execute him via his magnetic stomach. Yes. Bomb. Well, no, the the robot shoots him in the stomach. Oh, and, and then he grabs a little bomb out of his... Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Because they shoot him in the belly, and his whole belly's wide open, and the guy, like... Fucking puts, puts his hand, hand all like, the way through, through his it. his stomach. Oh, it's so <laughs> gross. I loved it. Fucking awesome. So good. Oh, my gosh. But because because Lambert couldn't wouldn't dispatch him and kill him for them, uh, they put him in a gyroscope that makes him all drooly. I... cannot believe that this film has a gyroscope and i have a list going on letterboxd of all of my favorite vr films Mm -hmm. that mostly are from like 1991 to like 1996 like there's not a long like year span well 90s 90s is the decade of the vr movie i love it because even the even the matrix is in is in the 90s you know what i mean disclosure yes like Insanity. Aye. Uh, that mean, other Johnny one with Russell, I mean, Russell Crowe and... Virtuosity. Uh, virtuosity. So good. So yeah. good. And I was hackers. like... Is Fucking hackers. hackers. Like, yeah. this movie, somehow, you put Lambert in a gyroscope, boom, done. You're in my VR list. Yeah. Boner City, Boner I, I guess. City? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, because, I mean, he's having, he's having all of these dreams about having sex with his wife, like, really slow. Yes, way so too slow. The minute he arrives, making love to his wife, and he's in. They're in the cell, and it's like you know, it's just rife with 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 like you know, rapey undertones. Apart from obviously Jeffrey Combs, D Day is in there, and he's got obviously glasses that are just the bottom of milk balls. Yeah, um, yeah. One of the other people who's in there, who's obviously got you know, got higher pegging than the rest of them. Uh, he basically says. Uh, don't dream which i think is a lot it's like easier said than done like yeah, yeah he just says don't dream he didn't introduce himself i don't know your name and you're saying don't dream to me like i i'm tired yeah. i've had a long day and i can't control that type mm-hmm. of thing friend yeah. and obviously he dreams about hot bone and his wife yeah i think that's i mean i think that comes as a given christopher lambert he is the highlander after all he is indeed you know what i mean like he's been boning his way through time in those movies hell yeah and i can't remember which one it is where basically it's like he bones he bones a lady every age i feel like it's the quickening that's the second one right okay 
It's the one that's like the softcore porn. We're going to have to go through those. I'd be happy to watch all those movies again. Yeah, we can... Yeah, maybe, maybe. Lambert Fest 2022. I like the first Highlander. There is this one point where um, Lambert kicks that dude down the stairs, and it's just like that that part of Showgirls where um, Jesse Spano from Saved by the Bell uh-huh. pushes Gina Gershon down the stairs. Yeah, look, that's how you get up in that world, though. That's how you get there. That's right. That's how you get center stage. That's right. And I feel like you had something to tell me because there's that part where um, Lambert's wife says to Kurtwood Smith that she, um, oh, it's something about music appreciation. Like she skipped music appreciation class. So like she saves Lambert from the gyroscope thing. Basically like, yeah, like saves his life in, in... I think in in uh, it, it, she pays the price by she's going to spend the time with with fucking Robocop boy. Right. So it was yeah it was the deal like oh you yeah. Kurt Smith like you spend your, your nights with me like mm-hmm. you you stay with me and um, I'll let your husband go free. Yeah. So it was an off it was an off the cuff line that she says to him where some of the big, some of the big fucking music are. Oh no, because she goes, oh <clears throat> well, do you even understand love? Like, can you even yeah. make love? Like, do you even understand? And he goes, well, how do you like understand? How do I love music? And she goes, yeah. oh well, I skipped music appreciation. Yeah. So supposedly back in back in the day, there were courses at high school which were music appreciation. So you would listen and swap music albums and stuff with each other to experience new music. And I remember I used to work in a shit place with horrible people. <laughs> and uh, I remember getting this one story told. This man was in authority. I remember getting this one story told to me about about he was in music appreciation. I'm assuming it's the equivalent of... I would say it's not like woodshop, because at least in woodshop, you're actually learning a skill. This is kind of like, uh, what would we have called it? It's not home economics, because at least you're learning how to cook. It was like personal studies or social studies. Basically, like, how do you interact with other human beings, which is like the most natural thing for any person on the face (laughs) of the planet to be able to do. And that's what they're teaching you. But, uh, yeah, no, he told me this story where he went to one of these classes and he didn't like one of the albums that one of the other kids had, so he threw it. He threw it out a window. Oh, my God. And it broke. I was like, you didn't like the music. And I was like, what sort of music do you like? Basically a bunch of stuff where I was just kind of like, huh. He also had, like, tattoos. He used to get, like, very naked. Like, a lot of the times, like, when he was changing before. Yeah, it was weird. Like I've seen, I've seen that. This man story like, is getting really weird. Well, I saw, I saw him. I, I saw him in his, I saw him in his pants more often than not. Right? This is strange. I and don't he had understand. Like, he had like tattoos and stuff, like up and down his arms, and it was just like music notes. So this man obviously liked music enough to get musical notes and stuff like tattooed all the way up his arm. He looked a little bit like a leathery Rod Stewart, and I say that because Rod Stewart's already rather leathery. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of I what, what album it was. I'm very curious. Uh, was it well, Kid Rock? Didn't divulge it. Well, no, this is the 70s. Oh, it was music appreciation in the 70s? Yeah. And he needed something? Yeah. Like, this man was not young. This is weird. He also I'm liked, really he also liked, yeah, he but he also, he also liked Boris Johnson. So I don't know if that's ever a fucking claim to, Jesus. claim to any kind of level of intelligence. But anyway, you know, we've all, uh, we've all survived the last two years. I'm not going to hold a grudge. Well, so the next part that I remember from this movie is where, uh, Kurt, 
I don't even know what Kurtwood Smith's name is in the film. I don't even know his like character name, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't so matter. So he's like got Lambert's wife and she's all super pregnant laying in bed. And he's like, she wakes up and he's all hooked up to all these tubes and whatnot. Mm. He's like all topless in this weird chair. All the yeah. TVs are going. And he's getting like pumped up and she's super freaked out. And then he's like, oh, this is pretty weird, huh? And he like mm. unhooks himself. And it was super uncomfortable. Like, don't get me wrong. I love a topless scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know me. But Kerwood Smith has a very awkwardly hairy chest. Made me very uncomfortable. Yeah, for being like the master race, or at least like the next evolutionary step of the human gene pool. Yeah. They're not doing a fantastic job of making these people attractive. <laughs> and, like, we do kind of look at it all, and it's like the man's getting pumped with a bunch of aminos to, like, keep himself awake, and also he doesn't need to eat or drink. I'm... And this is also, like, where he gets absolutely hammered on, like, a couple of sips of some champagne. Yeah, he does. As well. And he fucking falls over and shit and then goes into the fetal position because he's too fucking pissed. God, you're making me really have to consider whether or not Kurtwood Smith is attractive, and I never thought about it before. Well, I'm not saying that he's not attractive. I feel like within the context of what this superior race is supposedly meant to be doing, they would do a better job of making them look a little bit better than they do. So to be the superior race, you have to be more attractive than everybody else? Well, let's put it this way. If we look at generations past where supposedly, in speech marks, superior races, they had a very particular way in which they would look. Um, but yeah, no, we do meet some more of the Because they're like cloning, the, like obviously the babies and stuff they're taking from these mothers. Yeah. You know, these illicit children. They're just kind of turning into these horrible fucking half mechanoid androids dickheads <laughs> pretty much yeah that's true there's some really beautiful like gory Stuart Gordon stuff in this movie as well which we won't spoil but yeah, uh, yeah that stuff's like stuff needs to be seen to be believed there's, there's some really that cool really shit cool scene where Jeffrey Combs is trying to figure out how to get that little bomb uh -huh. out of their bellies and he called the little bomb TNT on PMS yeah which I thought was very funny. Yes. And yes. Um, yeah, that whole scene. I just, yeah, body I mean, depending horror. on depending on the culture that we're in now, someone would try and cancel Jeffrey Combs for that comment in that movie, probably. Yeah. You know, you but can't, he's uh, fine. well, no, they get they get the bombs out of them because they use the other bomb that they got from the other guy whose stomach got fucking blown out as a as a magnet. So they just get the bomb. To come out of their intestine and through their throat. <laughs> I'm really worried about that. That seemed really unsafe. Oh, God. It would, like, rip your esophagus open. It's also not real. It's fine. That's true. Yeah. It's also not possible either. Suspension of disbelief. I loved it. Yeah. No, it's it's, it's phenomenal. It's yeah, phenomenal. Like, there's those scenes with those clone soldiers, and they pull the yeah. helmets off their face, and they're, like, low-rent Robocops. Pretty much, yeah. But they look awesome, and they're so creepy. Yeah, they're pretty freaky. So good. So where do we go with this? We've kind of just like... I don't want to spoil the whole movie, you guys. Like, it's on YouTube. It's on Crackle if you want to spend two hours yeah. at least watching a 90-minute film. It probably, it probably ends the way that you suspect it to end. 
It does. And there are actually two endings, which is interesting because the, I don't know which is the original ending. I was having trouble figuring that out. But the ending that you have on YouTube is an extended ending. And there oh. is another ending that ends, um, which I, I could say it. It's like the border of Mexico. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. But then yeah. it also extends further in the version that we watch on YouTube, which All anyone right, can okay. watch. Yeah. So super interesting. Yeah. And this film also has a sequel. Mm, Fortress 2. Fortress 2 re-entry yeah. mm-hmm. made in 2000. So I'm going to watch it. We're going to watch it. The penis in terms of visibility and context. And we're going to rate zero to five the film. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Well, I know this. I'm telling everybody yeah, else. I'm glad I'm glad you know this. Telling everybody else. Okay, good. So, in terms of visibility and context, I'm going to give this a 3.5. Oh, okay. You think it needs more? No, I think it needs less. I think it's like a 1. I What? Yeah. But there's so many penises. I know, but I don't feel like I barely saw any of them. I saw them. Oh, okay. I feel like I saw them. You can well, here. I, I didn't really. I didn't really see them that much. You're going to give it a 1? Probably, because I don't really remember seeing anything. All right. You know, it was all kind of obscured, I felt like. At one point, I was concerned. I'm like, is Laura just seeing dicks that I don't see? No, there was a bunch of them. They were walking by. There was like five or six of them. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just... I have an eye for it. Maybe I'm immune to it now. It is my job. Maybe I'm completely desensitized to dick. No, you're not. Well, then, in terms of rating, I... I'm going to give this film an overall 4.5. Wow, okay. I Quite high. I loved it. Oh, okay. I love this movie. Okay. Well, I gave, I gave it a 4. Yeah, because I had a lot of fun with this one. And there's not a lot of films out there that we've seen recently where I've had like an absolute ton of fun. And I do quite like this one. This film is short. It is short. It's always nice to have a 90-minute film. And especially one that you can just watch. On the internet. And I feel like, weirdly, it's almost an underground type thing. I didn't know this film existed, even though we were going through Stuart Gordon movies. Right. And this movie just appeared to me as if in a dream. Well, it was was available a little bit more widely uh, on other platforms because it was on Amazon for a time. So it was available. We just didn't sit down and watch it. And we wouldn't have even known it was going to be a candidate for the podcast if you hadn't watched at least the first nine minutes. Yeah, which is always exciting to me because Mm. I feel like, you know, having... Could any film have a dick? Any film that we have never seen have a dick in it? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. Okay. All movies have a dick in it unless proven otherwise. Yeah, Yeah, that's, that's the way, yeah. That's the way love goes. That's very true. I just think it's cool, like... This is exactly the type of movie I like. It's got a little lamb bear. Yeah. It's got some lamb in, in it. Action, sci-fi. Yeah. Sign me up, baby. Yeah. I like it because it's a prison movie. So That's weird. I don't think that's weird. That is very strange. Well. Ryan, would you recommend this movie? Yeah, of course I would. Because at the end of the day, if you don't like this, you don't really like movies. Yeah, boom, in your face. Yeah, so... <laughs> There you go. It's really good. I don't yeah. know. It's so dumb. And I, I hope you take that with a grain of salt. Like, this movie is dumb as hell. It's yeah. awesome, though. Um, I also would recommend this movie. It's obvious. Yeah, it's very fun. There's nothing wrong with it. Unless you have a problem against, you know, fun. 
Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Hell yeah. I don't know, guys. We need we need something to look forward to these days. Life is rough and tough, and I think everyone's having a hard time. Do yourself a favor and watch this movie because we're all having a hard time. We're all having a hard yeah. time. We're not able to formulate <laughs> sentences to the point where we're kind of, you know. Life is rough and tough. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Stuart Gordon. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here today with me, Ryan. I am honored and pleased and I treasure you. Thank you so much. Thanks. Coming to you from the Mind Wipe Chamber, I've been Laura. I've been, what's my name again? Ryan. Okay, I'm drooling all over the place. I don't know what's going on. Oh my god, have you been in the gyroscope? I think I've been in the Mind Wipe Chamber. That's where we are, right? We are in no. the Mind Wipe Chamber. Where are we? I've got the switch. Do you want me to turn it down a little bit? Maybe. I'm very dizzy. Oh boy. I've been here for four days. Oh, no one's ever made it four days. Oh, shit. <laughs> Thanks so much for being here, guys. We will see you next time. What? Who is this? I'm not going to take him off the gyroscope. Mommy. Nope. <laughs>